Hey y'all, this is Sufficient Grace Podcast. I'm Paige. And I'm Shelly. And today we are just going to walk through the gospel. Of all the questions you will ask yourself in life, the most important question is, am I good enough to go to heaven? And the answer to that question will have eternal consequences. The way to find out is to ask yourself if you have obeyed God's standard of goodness, which is the Ten Commandments. So just looking at a few of those, ask yourself this. How many lies have you told in your life? Have you ever stolen anything? Have you ever used the Lord's name in vain? Jesus said, if you look at somebody with lust, you commit adultery in your heart. Have you ever looked with lust? And really, who of us can say that we're not guilty of breaking at least just one of these commandments, but probably all? All of us have sinned, and just as with man's law, you only have to break one law to be guilty. James 2.10 tells us, for whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he's guilty of all. To be good enough to go to heaven, we must be perfect in thought, word, and deed. So on the day of judgment, will you be innocent or guilty of breaking God's law? You know you'll be guilty. This may sound strange, but the worst thing you could do at this point is try to clean up your lifestyle. You may realize that you've sinned and think that from now on, you'll keep the Ten Commandments. You'll do good deeds. You'll say the right things. You'll think only pure thoughts. But should a judge let a murderer go because he says he will now live a good life? No. The criminal is in debt to justice and therefore must be punished. Maybe you think that God is good and will therefore overlook your sins. But if you were guilty of terrible crimes in a civil court and said to the judge, Judge, I am guilty, but I believe you're a good man and will therefore overlook my crimes. The judge would probably respond by saying, You are right about one thing. I am a good man, and it's because of my goodness that I'm going to see that justice is done and that you were punished for your crimes. The very thing that many people are hoping will save them on Judgment Day, God's goodness, will be the very thing that will condemn them. If God is good, he must punish murderers, liars, thieves, etc. And God's place of punishment is the prison of hell. But because God is rich in mercy, he made a way for you to be forgiven. To make clear what an incredible thing he has done for you, let's look again to civil law. You are standing in front of a judge, guilty of a very serious crime. All the evidence has been presented and there's no doubt about your guilt. The fine for your crime is a million dollars or life imprisonment, but you have no money, especially not that much. The judge is about to pass the sentence. He lifts his gavel. Then someone you don't even know steps in and pays the fine for you. Justice has been served, the law has been satisfied, and now you are free to go. What's more, the, the one who paid your fine showed how much he cares for you. His payment was evidence of his love. And this is exactly what God did for you 2,000 years ago. He sent his son, Jesus of Nazareth, to pay your death penalty in your place. Jesus died on the cross on your behalf so that you could live. You were guilty, and he paid the fine. It's that simple. The Bible puts it this way, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Galatians 3.13 and Romans 5.8. It was no small thing for Jesus to die for us. The only thing that could satisfy the demands of eternal law was the shed blood of the sinless Son of God. What love God must have for you. Jesus suffered unspeakable agony so that you wouldn't have to be punished for your sins. Then, three days later, he rose from the dead, defeating death. 
His sacrificial death and resurrection means that you no longer are in debt to the law and God can now grant you everlasting life if you obey the gospel. So what should you do then? Simply repent and put your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Turn from your sins and put your faith in Jesus Christ in the same way you would put your faith in a parachute to save you. You don't just believe the parachute will save you if you jump. You actually entrust your life to it by putting it on. Romans 13, 14 says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. When you do that, God will forgive every sin you've ever committed and grant you the gift of eternal life. And just to clarify a little bit, when we say to believe in Jesus, it doesn't just mean believe on a surface level. Um, Billy Graham said, the word believe in the Bible means more than simply agreeing in our minds that something might be true. It means trust that we believe so strongly in God that we are willing to commit our lives to him and live the way he, we know he wants us to live. And also looking in the Bible, James 2.19 says, you believe that there is one God, you do well, even the demons believe and tremble. So just believing in God is not enough. You have to trust that Jesus did what he said he did, that he really died for your sins and you have to put your faith in him. And this, this is our way to salvation. So that's the gospel, guys. It's as simple as that. We're sinners. Christ died for us. And we can be forgiven if we repent of our sin and put our faith in Jesus. It's really that simple. Mm -hmm. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at sufficientgrace129 at outlook.com. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to answer any questions you might have. Some other resources that might be helpful to you are livingwaters.com, desiringgod.org, and godquestions.org. All right, guys. Well, there's the gospel, and we will see y'all next time. Thank you. Bye. Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining us with Sufficient. No, no, no. <laughs> hey, y'all. This is Sufficient. What are you doing? Look at me.